Welcome to the Nourished Souls Podcast. Your coaches, Jasmine and Michaela, are passionate about helping you on your journey to living a healthier and happier life through mind, body, and soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Nourished Souls Podcast. Jasmine and I are here with an amazing coach. Her name is Chandra, and she is the CEO and founder of Moonshine Communications. And today she is here to talk to us about human design. And for those of you who haven't heard about human design, it's a little bit where the ethereal meets the scientific. It has a little bit to do with astrology and really that's all I can say. (laughs) It's truly, (laughs) truly amazing. And it's an amazing tool to help you get to know yourself even better, how you work, what's best for you. So Chandra, thank you so much for coming on here. Yes. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Um, And right. It's cool because it's sort of this mix between the spiritual and the scientific and um, you know it's based like you said astrology and the Chinese I Ching and the Kabbalah and all these you know different modalities and then it's also based a little bit in um, you know biogenetics and quantum physics and all of these like sort of scientific things it's one of those it's one of those sciences that I'm like I don't really understand how it works but I just know it works yeah it's it's been this great tool um, that I've picked up over the years because, um, and I'll just give you like a little bit of background of my story, if that is cool. Um, So in terms of my story, um, it kind of started back about five years ago, where um, on paper, my life looked perfect. I had, you know, college degree, MBA, handsome husband, you know, adorable kids, big, beautiful house, fancy corporate job. Um, and just as a side note, I used to work, um, manage PR and social media for a chocolate company. And I used to get to go to award shows every year. So it was a sweet, you know, (laughs) pun intended gig, but I just felt like something was missing. Um, I didn't, I never felt really whole. I felt like I was just sort of checking off all these boxes that I was supposed to without ever really taking like a moment to think about me and what I wanted. And so sort of after years of personal development through like books and podcasts and coaches and courses, human design was one of those tools that really helped me to answer some of those burning questions. So it's really become like um, a, a great tool that I use for myself and for my clients to create like a permission slip essentially on how to be your authentic self. So I love it. <laughs> so yeah, so I thought for today that what I'll do is I'll just um, share a little bit about just the basics kind of um, the, the t- your type is, is the most basic sort of piece of your human design. And with your type comes your strategy, your signature, and your not self theme. So I'll talk about what those are. And then I'll share, um, about authority, which is essentially how you're meant to make decisions in the world. Um, so what I'll do is I actually pulled the charts of Jasmine and Michaela. So I will actually walk you each through your own chart and just share some things that I see based on um, based on the, the type and strategy and some of the centers that I see that are open or defined. Um, and then just let me know like what resonates with you. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. So in terms of type, that's just like the baseline of human design. So there are five types. The first two manifesting generators and generators make up about 70% of the population. They're just the, the, the majority of people fall into one of those categories. And Jasmine, you are a generator. 
And um, I'll get into a little bit more detail about those, but essentially you're the lifeblood. You're the, you're the workforce energy of the world <laughs> because the other three types do not have that sort of sustainable energy that you have. Um, the third one is projectors. They make up about 20% of the population and they are truly the guides and the teachers. Um, they are meant to essentially learn all there is to learn about a topic and then share that back with the world um, in, in a way that um, they become this expert and teacher. Um, and then manifestors make up about 9% of the population. And that is what Michaela and I am. <laughs> we are the sort of, you know, rare bird, if you will. Um, but we are the in initiators and innovators. And so we are the only human design type that does not depend on um, like external factors to sort of make shit happen, essentially. Um, we got, kind of get to, get to mold that ourselves. And it's sort of like, you know, with great responsibility <laughs> comes great, you know, uh, purpose. So it's, it's pretty exciting, but it's a, it's a big, it does feel like a big responsibility sometimes. And then the, the fifth one is reflectors and they make about, make up about 1% of the population. They are very rare. Um, in fact, I've only met one and it was a mutual coach that Michaela and I had once. And essentially a reflector is so because all of their nine energy centers are open. So they're constantly like bringing in and reflecting back the energy of everyone around them. So it, it seems exhausting. <laughs> just be a lot of work to to constantly be sort of weeding through what are your emotions and what are someone else's um but those are the five types so i'm gonna look at jasmine's chart and i um if you want to link in the show notes um you can pull your own chart for free it's uh you might you might not understand it when you first look at it it's a little confusing <laughs> But there's a bunch of shapes and lines and numbers and words. Um, and what you all really want to focus on to begin with is your type. So your type says right there, generator, your strategy is to respond. And what that means is, um, actually, let me back up. So for generator, so I said you're, you have that sustainable energy. Um, you achieve mastery also through repetition and the way the way that you're most different from manifesting generators is that manifesting generators are much more um, multi-passionate. They are supposed to be doing all the things all the time versus generators are supposed to focus on one thing at a time and then pivot. So it's all about mastering. Yeah, that resonates. <laughs> um, mastering that one thing and really, um, really learning everything you can about it. So then your strategy becomes responding. And for manifesting gener generators and generators, your purpose in life is really to find the right work. Because when you find the right work, your sacral center, your defined sacral, which is what makes a generator or a manifesting generator, it supplies you with that sort of nearly inexhaustible source of energy. Um, and when you wait for something to respond to before taking that action, you're going to feel your signature, which is satisfaction. And when we talk about waiting for something to respond to, it doesn't necessarily mean like a conversation or something, you know, super obvious. It could be overhearing a conversation or something you saw on TV or something you heard in a song, like just something that creates 
um, an energy or, or something for you to respond to. So for instance, you know, this is a random example that I always come up with, but if you all of a sudden had this idea that you wanted to start a sunflower farm and no one had ever talked about it, you had never seen anything about it, you knew nothing about it, it just sort of came into your head and you tried to start doing it, it's probably not going to go so great. But if you were watching a show or overheard a conversation with somebody, oh, I really wish there was a sunflower farm in, in my area, and da, 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 then you're responding to, to some need that's out there. And that's how you're going to find that satisfaction. You're not self-themed though, the opposite. So if you're not living in alignment with your human design, you're going to feel frustration. That's your big, it's a big sign that you're living out of alignment of your human design. Um, and there's really kind of two reasons for this. One is because you're not designed to initiate and sort of just do it um, like manifestors are. So it is frustrating for a lot of generators and manifesting generators because you have that energy and you wanna be doing things all the time, but you're not meant to initiate. Um, and so when you try to do that and it doesn't work, you're going to feel burned out and frustrated if you're just sort of spinning your wheels on things. And um, so, yeah, so when you try to initiate action without waiting for something to respond to, you're going to sort of spend a lot of energy on things that leave you feeling burned out and frustrated. Um, and one thing, because a lot of my clients are manifesting generators um, and generators, it's like patience does not come naturally, <laughs> but it's something <laughs> that you actually is going to truly serve you because being patient and waiting for those opportunities to respond to is sort of the key to all of this. Um, it's like, just as you have this energy that you need to extend or expand throughout the day, it's like, try to do the things that are, that light you up and bring you joy and try to sort of just keep your eye open for the opportunities that begin to present themselves for you to be able to respond to. That's spot on. Um, yeah. Especially when it comes to the patients, I've been trying to incorporate slow living mm. and when they're like, relax and breathe. I'm just like, no, I have to do something right now. Like, so learning that even at 30 years old, it, it's going to be a lifelong lesson. But yeah. when I am actually patient, it's so rewarding. I just have to remind myself of that all the time to be patient. <laughs> totally. And the other part of being a generator is that you have this sort of what they call a stair-step learning curve. And it's like when you learn something new, there's like this initial surge in mastery. And then over time, it will start to plateau. And this can feel really frustrating. Um but the good news is that it means that when you're on that plateau, you're about to experience something new to respond to, whether it's a new level of mastery or a new opportunity, and you're going to do that kind of growth, growth spurt again. So it's like not giving up when you're on the plateau um, is sort of a key lesson to kind of keep going, keep going, because you're going to either hit, you know, hit a new level of mastery or you're going to have a new opportunity come into your life. So, um, Let's see. And then your uh, authority. So your authority is how you're meant to make decisions in this world. And there are, I think there's about seven different types. Um, the two main ones are emotional, which essentially, I think it's like 50% of the population has an emotional authority, which means that you, you essentially ride an emotional wave 
constantly. <laughs> like you're supposed to not make decisions when you're on an emotional high or on an emotional low. And it's this key of finding this neutral place um, and waiting a couple of days to make a decision. So for all of my clients that have an emotional authority, I say, you know, the, the, the best thing you can say when you're asked to make a big decision is, can you give me a day to think about it? Like, just let me sleep on it. Give me a day because a lot of times people who have this authority are, they may be feeling like on a high, maybe they're out with their friends and somebody's like, tomorrow, let's go for this big hike. And they're like, yeah, let's go. And then they wake up in the morning and they're like, oh, why did I commit to that? I don't want to do that. Um, or vice versa, like they're feeling low and they you know text an X or something. And then the next day they're like, oh, why did I do that? It's like this, just knowing not to make a big decision or do something big when you're, um, when you're not in that neutral place. And then the second most um, popular, I guess you could call it authority is sacral. And this is what you are Jasmine. So again, this only applies to generators and manifesting generators, but essentially you have access to your gut. And I'm so jealous of people that have this authority because somebody can ask you a yes or no question and your gut is gonna actually give you the answer. Like. <laughs> It's, you know, and it's, it's specific questions, not specific questions, but as long as it's something that has a yes or no answer, you're either going to feel this strong, like, uh-huh, or uh-uh reaction. Um, and it's like not rationalizing it. If you feel that gut feeling, that physical feeling, it's meant for you. Does that resonate with you at all? It really does. It does. I was, when I was younger, I was always very fearful of the way I made decisions because people would be like, oh, you know, that's very uh, impulsive. My dad said, that's so impulsive. But uh, if I'm not sure about a decision, I won't do anything. But if I'm very sure and positive, I act on it very quickly. So now I'm learning to accept that that's a good thing. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, if you ever really are kind of, you know, wavering on something, just have someone ask you a couple of yes or no questions and see if it makes things more clear. Um, yeah, it's, 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 again, I'm really jealous of it because my authority is actually splenic, which is, um, it's, it's similar in that it's listening to your body, but it's more of an, an intuitive knowing, like a whisper. <laughs> so it like comes and goes. <laughs> so for you, it's like, I'm so jealous of this like physical reaction. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's, even if it's not your authority, all generators and manifesting generators have access to this sacral knowing um in their gut that's really cool I that's that's really cool okay Michaela so you are a manifester like me and our strategy is to inform um and in terms of like I said it's we're meant to initiate innovate um we have high bursts of energy and then we crash <laughs> this is a big um this is just like a big signature of, of manifestors is that like we can become almost super generators for a time. And then we just like literally crash, like our energy levels, our bodies, like there are just times when I literally cannot get off the couch. It's like, that's part of, I think, why learning human design has been such uh, a permission slip for me because I was always very shameful of that growing up. I've always been like that. Like I've had these huge bursts of energy and then I'm just like lazy for a few days. And it's like, you know, my, you know, 
ex-husband used to like get so annoyed and I'm sure it's annoying for people that that don't experience that because they're like why why but it's like literally you, you extend everything you have and then you need to take a break so um manifestors are meant to be thought leaders influential impulsive um and yes our strategy is to inform so for other types this might not seem um like as big of a deal as like having to wait to respond or like a projector has to wait to be invited. Like you're waiting for an external factor for us. We're the ones in charge. And I, I don't know about you, Michaela, but informing for me is actually really painful because I feel it makes me start to feel like I'm either asking for permission, which I don't want to do. I just want to do what I want to do. Um, or it's like expecting somebody like to judge you essentially. So like we have to inform other people of the decisions that we're making if it affects them. Like one of the analogies that I heard is like, we're like a speeding train and we know where we're going. We have this direction. We're going there as fast as we can, but we're passing all these stops of people that want to get on the train with us and they're all going in the same direction, but we're so tunnel visioned that we don't even see them. We don't stop for them. And so us informing them is, is our version of stopping and letting people on the train that want to go where we're going. <laughs> Does that make sense? hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, I just, it's not like I don't want to share things. Sometimes I'm just not, it's like, not even on my radar that I need to tell people about what I'm doing. But I have noticed that if I do make the effort to just give people a heads up, I'm not asking for permission. I'm not asking, you know, if this is right or wrong, I'm just saying, Hey, this is what's happening. Here's what you can expect. <laughs> Boom. And our signature when we do that is we feel at peace. Um, our not self theme though. So when we're out of alignment with our human design is anger. And, um, I've definitely felt like this before and it's like, cause again, informing doesn't come naturally for us. So sometimes we might feel like we're, we're being controlled or manipulated in some way. And so just that act of informing other people, um, is really a key for us to feel that sense of peace. Um, and just to feel like we're letting everyone in on, <laughs> what we're doing because we're we're constantly doing big things and creating things and initiating things and innovating things and if we don't let people in they're going to feel almost like snubbed by us and so it becomes this like you know and it's never by it's never on purpose it's more just like we don't even think about it um and so bringing people into that is really important yeah, that's honestly been a huge thing for me. Like ever since I was little, I would always like be in my own little world doing things and then getting older. I was like, well, why didn't you tell me about that? I didn't know you were doing that. And I was like, oh, like I was so focused on, you know, getting to that place that or doing something that I never thought to share it. So that's one thing that I've really been working on, especially this year is just sharing things with people. Even if it's like a small, tiny little thing, like I'm going to use the car and go to the grocery store, right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. like that. so totally. for sure that definitely resonates. Yeah, totally. And even like things like sharing things on social media, like before I was, I was like, who, who's going to care what I'm doing today? But like, and I'm sure part of that's like imposter syndrome too, but part of it was just like, why do I need to inform people what I'm doing? But the mm -hmm. more that I do open myself up and share those things, 
I do find that people want to come into my circle and want to be part of, of my life. And I've now made so many amazing friends through coaching and just through being myself on social media that I'm like, wow, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have these amazing people in my life. So it's such a, um, you know, it's such an interesting experience to look back on it like that. Um, and then your authority is actually something that's only applicable to manifestors and it's an ego authority, which essentially means that you're meant to feel into your will centers, which is one of your energy centers where your home of willpower and self-esteem, and you're supposed to make decisions from a selfish place. And I know this, it almost sounds bad, but it's like, whatever you blurt out in the moment is like how you're meant to make decisions. So like you need to talk it out hear what you're saying, and then act accordingly. Um, because you're going to feel, if it's a yes, it's going to feel like a yes when you do that. Does that, does that resonate with you? Oh yeah. I do that. <laughs> all <the time. laughs> Even without realizing like what you just said, I need to talk it out. I've been doing that. And like, I'll usually just sit and I'll be like, I'm going to have a problem. And my sister will like walk by. She's like, who are you talking to? I'm like, well, but I'm just talking through a problem. Don't mind me. <laughs> I love it. It's like, I have a, a, a former client who was a self-projected projector. So it's similar. She was like a verbal processor and hers is more, she, she can't just talk it out and hear herself. She needs to talk it out with somebody else. But as she's talking, she feels that switch where it's like, oh, okay, now I know what I'm doing. But it's like, this very, um, yeah, it's just like literally as you hear what you're saying, you're going to be like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> like, I don't even know why I questioned it. <laughs> so yeah, so those are uh, your specific types and strategies and authorities. And then um, I just went one step further and look to see what of your energy centers, what which ones um, you both had open because our open centers are really the source of wisdom for us to learn and grow. So when you first pull your body graph, which is your um, human design chart, and you see all these shapes, you'll see that some are white and some are colored. And if they're white, they're open. And if they're colored, they're defined. And our defined energy centers, um, we obviously find a lot of knowledge from them, but they're kind of like, like, like what they're called, defined. They're sort of like that's just who we are <laughs> those defined centers are sort of like it's it's good to learn about them and understand why we do the things we do but they're sort of they are what they are our open centers are really opportunities for us to to learn and grow and to expand sort of our our sense of self so the three that you um both have in common so there's nine total and they're, uh, most of them are based on the chakras. So the seven chakras, they also apply to centers. There's a head, there's a mind, which is like the third eye, there's throat, there's heart, there's uh, solar plexus, sacral and root. Um, but there's also an identity center in human design and there's a spleen center in human design. And you actually have both of these open. So the first one, <laughs> the identity self-center, um, you really gather your sense of self from the people and environments that you place yourself in. So it's crucial that you surround yourself with energy that you want to take on. So surrounding yourself with people who bring out the best in you and looking for environments that are either stimulating or soothing, like depending on what energy you need in that moment, but really 
only placing yourself in certain situations and with certain people that feel good. Um, because when you're in alignment with your human design, you're actually able to be sort of a social chameleon. And sometimes people look at this word and think it's bad. I don't think it's bad at all. I think it's, you're able to go with the flow. You're able to live in the moment. You're able to sort of be, you know, in the vibe of who you're with and where you are. So that's just why it's important for it to be a good feeling. Because <laughs> if it's a bad one, you're also going to vibe with that, right? Um, and a common feeling when you have this open center is this feeling um, that you need to demonstrate value because you're afraid of being unlovable. And when you perceive yourself to be always changing, um, it can also kind of, it feels like how you receive love is also changing. So it's like having that open identity center means you're here to be flexible. You're here to, to accept love. You're here to essentially just become the best version of yourself. And a lot of like really effective teachers, coaches, therapists have an open um, identity center. So it's really, again, about finding the, the people and the, the environments that make you feel good. Does that resonate at all with either of you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eerily. <laughs> we both looked at each other like, uh. <laughs> I love it. Um, so another one that you both have open, and I also have this one open, is the solar plexus emotional center. So we, as coaches, most coaches, we are empaths. And this is essentially why, because we are always feeling other people's emotions. We are truly empathetic. Um, the problem is that we can take on other people's emotions and not realize that if we're feeling a certain way that maybe it's not our energy. Um, so it's important to become a screen and not a sponge when it comes to emotions. Um, you know, it, just being conscious of things of feelings that you have maybe realizing that they're actually from other people. Like, I don't know about you. Sometimes I'll watch a movie and like, I love I love like dramas and true crime and I do, I love that stuff, but I have to tell you after a while, I have to like just watch something lighthearted because I feel dark. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. Like those feelings, those emotions, as interesting as they are, it's, you know, it's, it's the human experience, but after a while, it just, it gets so heavy. I have to just sort of do something else for a while and kind of get rid of that, heavy energy. Um, so I think that that's a big, you know, that happens just when we're around certain people too, around like, you know, people that I call energy vampires <laughs> who can really just kind of suck your energy out of, you know, out of the room, people that complain all the time, people that never want, you know, they want to complain. They don't want to actually make changes. People that are just really negative. It's like, you can sort of start to take on a lot of that um, those emotions. And it's just important again, to, you know, observe them, acknowledge them, and then let them pass through you because they're not yours. Does that resonate with either of you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially we're all coaches and I think it's, it, it serves us. I mean, if we didn't have that, if we didn't have that empathetic nature, we wouldn't be very good coaches, <laughs> but right. it's a matter of like protecting ourselves and our energy. Um, in the process, which is just, you know, it, it's, it's a muscle. It's right. It's like, you just have to, it's just, you learn it as you go <laughs> different tools. 
Um, and then the third one that you both have open is the spleen center. So again, this is your center of intuition. So you both can experience unlimited intuition. It just might not always feel the same. So if you have an open spleen center, like one day you might experience like a gut feeling, one day you may experience like an inner knowingness, one day you might hear like a voice <laughs> or have a dream or something, but like, it's not, it's not the same all the time. Like you're, you always have access to it, but it just comes in different ways. Um, Another part of the open spleen is you can have a hard time letting go. And this can be like possessions, relationships, <laughs> grudges, <laughs> but like you hold on to them um, past, the, past the time that you need to let them go. <laughs> um, another, another thing with, with the spleen is it actually is, um, there's a, a um, that's the word I'm looking for. There's a correlation with this, the concept of time. So a lot of times people with an open spleen are either chronically late or they are compulsively early because they had a bad experience one time being late. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <As you're safe>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's like the sense of time is just like a little, a little wonky. And so it's, a lot of a lot of people that open spleen are actually compulsively early because they had a bad experience. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I'm so, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, compulsively late. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one or the other. Um, but if you does it does when you experience intuition, does it come in different ways like that? Like flow into you differently. Yeah, I, I will say for me, as of recently, I feel like I'm like going through my second spiritual awakening right now. It's frustrating because I'm used to it being one way and now it's so different. I'm like, but what is it? Is this that? Am I feeling this intuition now? Like, or am I just overthinking things? So mm -hmm. I'm going through a cycle right now. Of like, where is it? What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. And in those times, it's like, maybe it's worth using like leading into your sacral center and really having against an external person ask you yes or no questions and really trying to to sort of um feel feel into that physically versus just through your mind to to really make a decision there but yeah that's about it i mean and it, once you once you start looking at your chart i mean there's we just barely scratch the surface there's uh profiles which is essentially how you take in information on a conscious level and an unconscious level um there is your um incarnation cross which is like essentially it's supposed to be like your life's purpose <laughs> um there are lines and gates and channels and all of these things that like connect the energy centers and like the certain, um, like certain ones that are connected to other ones mean certain things. You have like specific, um, specific ways that you manifest, uh, ways that you're supposed to eat. <laughs> like there's all these crazy things around human design. Like you can keep going deeper and deeper and deeper, um, pretty much as far as you want. And then it's also interesting to then look at people, especially like loved ones, like partners, whatever, kids, looking to see where they have a defined center and where you have an open center and vice versa, because that's really where a lot of the struggles and challenges come from. Because if someone has 
a defined center, obviously the person with the open center is bringing in that energy and reflecting it back. And so it's a matter, like my kids both have defined sacrals and defined emotional solar plexus. And I have, um, well, sorry, I also have, no, I have a, I have an open sacral and an open solar plexus. So I'm essentially soaking in all of that life force energy that they have, right? I'm like bringing it in and then also all the emotions <laughs> and all the feels. So it's like really looking to see what the people around you have and can kind of just start to just make sense of maybe some of the, the things that you struggle with in those relationships. Um, another one is the root center. Uh, I have a defined root center and I was dating somebody that had an opened, open root center. And it's like the root center is the source of um, like stress. And it's like, he was always feeling pressure and stress like around me. Like he was feeling like I was pressuring him to do. And I was like, I'm, I'm not putting any pressure. <laughs> like I was just living my life. And it was like, there's this sense of pressure. It was weird. It was like this like to-do list. I don't know. It's very interesting though, to look at how, um, how the different, how different people interact together with different centers. Yeah. Oh my God. I absolutely love this stuff. And I, it gives us permission to learn about ourselves on a deeper level but then it gives us access to appreciate and understand those around us, which I think has been a huge, huge, huge missing piece for so long for so many people. We just kind of like to put the blame on others or pick fights or, you know, mm -hmm. to say, oh, well, that's who they are. That's how they are. You know, maybe blame it on childhood or things, which obviously are, you know, characteristics of that. But with this, it just opens up an entire new world and so many things make sense. I, I mean, I know we've only scratched the surface, but I understand myself so much better mm -hmm. and it's, it, I, I need to go deeper. <laughs> well, I think too, it allows you to accept what you can change, what you can't change. Yeah. And the things that are just who you are, it's like learning to love them and accept them and to really sort of leverage them. Like, mm -hmm instead of trying to change them, like just for instance, I know a lot of manifesting generators are get frustrated because they have so many interests at one time and people are always telling them, choose one, choose one. And like learning that you're not supposed to choose one, that you're supposed to be doing all of the things has been really um, just liberating, I think for a lot of people. Um, and I mean, it's just, again, it's, yeah, it's like, it's like just leaning into those things that make you you versus trying to change them. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I'm thinking about, um, I can only focus on one thing at a time. I can't even tell you. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> but, not focused so on <laughs> But I, I guess maybe I pick up the, what people expect of me. I don't know, but I'm like, okay, I need to do this, this, and that. And mm -hmm. I kind of half-ass everything until I'm like, no, focus on one thing, give it all you got, do the next thing and go after that. So it, it, gives it gives me like a sense of relief of like okay yeah I'm okay I don't have to do all these things that's not my personality at all to do those things and I think another thing that's very liberating is for all of the types mm -hmm. we're supposed to be doing the things that light us up and the things that bring us joy and I think a lot of times people that's like on the back burner that's like a secondary or, or you know tertiary like thing on on, on our to-do list and it's like no no those are the things that we're meant to be focusing on. Those are the things that 
like the desires that we have are the things that we're meant to be doing, right? Because like we all have, all three of us have very different desires and visions of the future. And that's because the ones that we individually have are the ones we're individually supposed to be chasing. Um, so it's like everyone is so unique. And it's like when you actually allow yourself to, to be open to those experiences and those potential futures that like maybe you never allowed yourself to before it, and you start to feel that everyone knows that that feeling of excitement and expansion and openness and, you know, and it's like, that's what you're supposed to be feeling every day. And if you're not feeling that it's time to reevaluate why and maybe make some different decisions. So. Oh, I wish I, I want to go even deeper. <laughs> yeah. we'll have to have to I'm like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I've been researching this for about a year and I'm still learning things about myself and, and, and even just pieces to share with my clients too. So it's like, it's definitely, I think like a lifelong learning process. That's the beauty of it. Yes. Well, thank you so well, much. Thank you. Um, as Michaela said, I need, I, I want to learn more. Like, I got to go below the surface now. There's so much. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'll, you have to, have to come back again and we'll go a little bit deeper. I'll do some, some digging into your, your channels and your profiles and all that stuff. When you talk about those. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Cool. All right. Well, where can people find you and work with you? Uh, the best way is Instagram. I'm at moonshine coach um, I'm there every day. And I always check my DMS and I always have various, um, you know, coaching programs available and whatever. Again, as a manifester, I'm always creating <laughs> new programs that feel right to me in the moment and they may stay and they may leave. So it's kind of just like whatever feels right in the moment. But my, my, my why I want to help women essentially discover their purpose because we're all here for a reason. Um, and learning your human design is just one of the tools that I offer and able in order to help us really dive into who we're meant to be and why we're here because I feel especially like women and especially moms too like we get to this place in our life where we're just expected to like everything that we do is for somebody else and it's like we don't have an opportunity to sit and think about what we actually want and who we are and a lot of times you know it, it may not it may not seem like a problem until it's a problem. Does that make sense? Like it, it just, it's like a niggling in the background for years and years and years and years until something big happens. So you have like a breakdown, a divorce, um, you know, we leave a job, like whatever it is that, that quote unquote rock bottom, it's like, that's when people actually take the time to look. And it's like, if you started to look at those things beforehand, it's like, you know, maybe there doesn't have to be a rock bottom. It's like just learning about yourself and understanding yourself and why you do the things you do um, and why you're here. It's like people can, you can start to make small changes today to, you know, essentially get to the future that you're meant to have. So beautifully said. And we're all about <laughs> prevention here. So, I mean, if you can prevent rock bottoms and just find more of yourself I mean this is an amazing way to do so yeah it's it's and it's fun it's fun to get to know yourself it's like a puzzle I think yeah so and you help yourself out so much I mean why not totally Totally. (laughs) I mean yeah it's like 
I mean, part of part of the process is is knowing what you want, and when you actually allow yourself to do that, it's like it's almost like an Amazon wish list for like all the things you want in life. And how fun is that to sit down and think about all the things I actually want? That maybe I don't need to know how I'm going to get them. I don't need to feel shame about wanting these things. I don't care if anyone else wants them or if they're you know if they make any sense to me right now. But these are the things I want. And, and really leaning into those and like understanding that you want those things for a reason. And it's, it's kind of fun. I really want that. So anyway, <laughs> yes, you can find me on Instagram though. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chandra. This you. was incredible. Like what you've heard? Well, there's plenty more where that came from. Are you looking to take these lessons to the next level and bring them into your own life? If you're ready to release old patterns, negative habits, and thoughts, ditch your diet mentality and negative view of your body, and transform your body, mind, and life to the next level, the Mind, Body, and Spirit program is just for you. Click the link below to find out more. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to our channel to be the first to hear our weekly episodes. You can also find us on Instagram at Your Coach Jasmine, at Nourished Soul Coach, and on Facebook in the Nourished Souls community.